Hello, hello, this is JT and welcome to my podcast, It's Just a Belief. Today I have the immense pleasure for this 50th episode, 50 episode, I never thought I would get there. I have the immense pleasure to be um, with Patrick Ardi. You're going to hear he has so much to share about beliefs and about himself and about so many things that he has done and changed in his life. It's a pleasure for me to have him. And before we deep dive into this interview where we could spend days chatting together, uh, of course, as you know, I invite you to sign up to my website, if no coach, that so you get the latest invitations to free events and my newsletter every week. She lives in the wonderful world of the state of hypnosis and finds hidden gems in your subconscious mind. She laughs, she loves, she breathes, goes deep, transforms, transitions, and laughs again. More than anything, she knows that it's just a belief. Patrick, hello, welcome, welcome. Hi, Jeannie-Lynn. Thank you for having me. It's a treat to be here. Oh, I'm so happy. So so um, let's deep, deep dive into um, you, your story and all the things you've changed. So for the introduction uh, for our audience, Patrick and I, um, we've did some work together like almost two years ago now. Yeah, yeah. Close to two years ago. So, so I like to have guests on this podcast that, you know, we've done the work a few, few times because people, then they always ask me, does it last, right? Is it, is it last? Does the, does the changes last? So I think it's a good testimony to have somebody after um, a few months, if not years. And Patrick, uh, you're wearing many hats. So we're going to go through your different hats yeah. today, but um, I'd like you to introduce yourself and maybe talk about one thing in your life, one moment where you knew things have shifted. Okay, so um, I'll start by just introducing myself and then um, I'll write down a note when things have shifted because um, I tend to go off on, on these passionate rants, you know how I am. <laughs> so um, I am uh, a father of three and a parent to five in total. So um my wife and I met 16 years ago and we joined both our families to raise our kids together with their, their other respective parents as well. That was a challenge in itself and, and we're proud of the work we've done there. Uh, I'm also the president and the owner of a company called BCI Marine, which is about to see um, the, the birth of two, two, two separate divisions that are spinoffs in, in the marine industry. Um, I'm also a, re a recovering addict, Jenny uh, Len, as you know. Uh, I, I, that's something that, that we share in common. It's, uh, it, it's a challenge and a privilege at once to be a recovering addict. Uh, we can dive into that after if you want. I'm also uh, a boat captain, um, a skipper. Um, and and to, to the, the, I think my last point was a great segue to this one. Because uh, my, my, my boat is called the Sober Skipper. Uh, so, and it's funny, I get different reactions sometimes where, um, you know, I'm pulling up and visiting a different marina or I'm waiting a, to get into locks and people go by, ah, Sober Skipper, funny joke. And then they look at me and they, they realize I'm not laughing. And I said, no, no, I, I, you know, I take this seriously and they do this with pride. And, and, uh, and for those wondering, um, well, I have as much fun as anybody else there who gets their 
head bent out of shape and gets completely wasted the way I used to before. Um, when things changed, that was the question after that quick intro that you asked. We, we did some work together a couple of years ago, and I did, I did absolutely appreciate the approach that you use when you reached out to me uh, through, through, through the, the in-mail through LinkedIn. Um, I, I, I absolutely, uh, I, I think your professional background reassured me that was the first thing, Janilene. Uh, the approach you used was was the right for me. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of coaches out there, and and God bless them. I, I'm sure they they mean well. For me, uh, having spent about 20 years in corporate, I just wanted to align with somebody, and that was one of the alignments for me that that um, made me feel comfortable right off the bat. I have um, an attention deficit disorder, so. School for me was a bit tougher. Um, it wasn't tough as long as I was listening in class because, you know, I'd get good grades. I was top of my class and stuff like that until I started going off the rails a bit in high school. But um, that didn't lead to, to CJEP or college or wherever you live, however you may call it, where, where you're listening from or university either. So I always had the imposter syndrome as I was climbing through the corporate ladders because I had different... You know, I, I, I played for different teams in the corporate space in telecommunications and in communications as well. And, and that was one of the major things holding me back, not feeling that I was at the level that others may have been, because that's what was dictated by, by our previous generations and, and maybe by, by the church and, and the way the community was sort of, you know, those bricks of that society were built on that. You know, what, what the bankers dictated, what the clergy dictated, what universities said and blah, blah, blah. And, and then, you know, and, and that's what was our belief. We believed that if, you know, you don't have a bachelor's degree, well, you know, you're not, well, you're, you're not enough. You're not enough and blah, blah, blah. And you'll never be a vice president because you have a bachelor's degree. And, all that like, and, and, and that affected me a lot. It affected me. And, and, you know, mind you, I had MBAs working for me. But, but, you know, it, you it's still, still felt you were not enough. I still felt like I wasn't enough. I still felt, you know, I could hold my own in meetings, corporate presentations, quarterly presentations. I would knock things out of the park. And, but there was still that feeling. And that's one of the first things that left my body. Um, um, and, and to your intro, um, once it leaves you, it doesn't come back. That's like cutting a board in two. If you have an eight foot two by four, you cut it in two. You'll never have an eight foot two by four again. You'll always have two equal four four foot pieces if you cut them straight down the middle. It's the same thing with this with this uh, this journey that you, you we 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 stumble upon when when we do work with you, um, and that's one of the first things that left my body. And and it, it was almost instantly, you know, you paint a wall. It used to be blue. You paint it white. It's white. It's, it's white. white. The only thing that needs to do the paint will dry, but it's already white. And 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 I think that drastic transition, you feel it. You, you feel something new. And 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 to my analogy with the paint drying, it's just that that period where you you afford us, you ease into that. You ease into that new oh, belief yeah. and that new comfort to know that you, whatever beliefs you had, whatever standards were there, whatever podiums you thought you needed to stand on, they don't exist anymore. And you just act to the level of your worth, not to the level of other people's worths, what they think they should be. So those measurements and those gauges and benchmarks, they completely disappear. 
And then great things start happening. Wow. I, I almost want to pause here and leave a, a second of silence. Because we don't take the time to acknowledge that changing, shifting such a fundamental belief, how not only it's feasible, but how much it impacts the rest of your life how much it impacts your business, your, your family, your sobriety, everything. I mean, once you change that belief of being enough, um, it showed up in the corporate world, but then it also shows up in other parts of our life, but sometimes we don't see it as much. It's when it changed that we realize, oh, I, I, I didn't feel enough in that part and that part as well, but I never really, 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 really realized it until it went away, right? Yeah, well, absolutely. And, 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 and one of the first realizations that this syndrome or this condition, because it almost becomes a condition, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you get, well, you know, it is a conditioning. You get, you condition yourself to think, well, I'm not uh, that high enough. And, and, and once this leaves, you know, you find yourself speaking with people and then you find that ping, you know, where you say, oh, there was a connection there. They come easier, more often, and opportunities start showing up and you know how to handle them. Now, obviously, there's always a latent anxiety that sometime might step up because success will be scary. And I hope it does scare everybody out there because if it scares you, that means that the, the reward will be bigger, you know? If business or success may be in your health, in your love, or in your role as your dad, if changing things doesn't scare you, the change is not big enough. And 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 breaking down this barrier was key for me. Wow. What can you give an example, concrete example of what has changed either in your business or in your other parts of your life when you really shifted that belief? What what came possible for you? Everything became possible for me. Um, I, I stopped putting up limitations, you know, uh, how much is enough? Well, you know, it's not a question of how much is enough is how much do I want to accomplish? How much can I accomplish? Right. And, and then starting to understand that you're not going to accomplish this alone and people will follow you into this because they'll believe you because they'll feel that you believe what you're doing, you know, and, 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 and this might not answer directly your question, but, um, Everything changed. Conversations with, with, you know, I would get on a Zoom call during the pandemic with a boat builder from Finland. And after eight minutes, he'd be there. I just absolutely love what you're saying. I just, <laughs> you know, I, I love what you're saying. You completely understand what we want to do. And when you speak to people with passion and, and your true beliefs, people know. And that goes, people know. Pe that goes beyond language barriers. Yeah. Because people hear, people hear your mental, like whatever you tell yourself as an area, like I'm not enough, uh, I don't feel good, I'm not important, what am I doing here? This guy is so big, blah, blah, blah. They hear it because your voice translated, your body language translated, your body speaks, right? Absolutely. And you, and, and you send those signals without even realizing it. That you're, that you, and then the person believes it too because you're sending the signals. You know, you know, absolutely. And I completely agree. And, and those vibrations, that energy that you, you, you cast out there, funny enough, you can actually feel it through a screen. Absolutely. Well, we do hypnosis through the screen. So. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. and, and, and 
I was on a call with some Brazilian folks this morning and they said, well, we're already talking to somebody in your market. And all of a sudden I have the confidence to tell them if you're already speaking with somebody in your market, well, I will not consider working with you. I work with, with, with suppliers that give me exclusivity for the Canadian market because I am the only and the best one in this market. And this is why you should do business with me without a stutter, without hesitation. But that has always been inside me. Yes. And it was up to me to choose to let that out. And working with you helped me do that a lot. Wow. Oh, that's beautiful. Talk to me um, maybe about uh, another hat you want to you wanna grab, you want to talk about, because you have many. So I, I'm in my 28th year of uh, an active sobriety. Um, and when I say active sobriety, this is not me white-knuckling, dry boozeless. This is an active sobriety. So uh, I'm not holding on to the steering wheel until my knuckles get white because I just need to hang on to this being just, I don't want it. it, and, it and I never wanted it to be about that. I'm intense. I go to extremes still today. And it was like that when, when, when um, I was an active addict. Yeah. Addicts we do, right? We, we have that, that potential of passion and intensity that can be so constructive and it can be so destructive, right? It, it can. You're right. And, and I still have to watch myself because when a client's not happy anymore or whatever, so sometimes, you know, I, I can't say I go off the rails, but I get a bit too passionate, but I've learned to set things aside as well. And that's one thing maybe we can circle back on when a problem arises, how do I deal with it today? Remind me to circle back to you yeah. with that, okay? Yeah. So um, in 1994, I checked into uh, what I would call more of a detox uh, session. Um, and then that led me to about two years of, of uh, soul searching and searching for answers. Uh, I did go through the hoops of the some of the AA and the NA meetings. Um, I wanted more. Um, so I did a lot of work with therapists and, and psychologists and, and, and certain sessions with with one psychiatrist at one point, and um, it, it, it got me to understand so many things about just human being, human nature, who we are. Um, and then it was about reconstructing my life about around just being happy. But that also had left a lot of scars. Um, you disappoint a lot of people. You're ashamed, and you're ashamed, and then you're ashamed again. And, and you have all the best intentions in the world to do better when your next paycheck rolls around. But you end up going to the bar or calling your, your, your dealer or, or whatever your drug of choice is. The intentions are there, but the tools are not there. And then you finally just throw in the towel and you say, you know, I need help or, or I don't even know how to get help, but I want help. And then that's where... You know, Forrest Gump was a great inspiration for me, Jenny Lynn. Forrest Gump um, was the movie that I went to see the first weekend. They gave me a furlough for, for a couple of days off when I was in detox. And I said, well, you can go home and, you know, we're going to test your urine when you come back in on Monday. And this is your first, you know, social interaction. And this is what you should try to do. And I had never been to see a movie in the past eight, nine years because, uh, you know, cocaine was one of my... Cocaine was one of, my, one of my drugs of choice. So you don't go into the bathroom in 25 minutes when you're in a movie to, to, to do a line of coke and then come back in and you're all jumpy. And then I go see Forrest Gump. And Forrest Gump's life 
was not easy, but it was simple. Okay. All that Forrest Gump did was what I needed to do when I was in therapy. The way that I had been doing things was not working. And, and like Forrest, he didn't know what to do when he joined the army. He didn't know how to be a shrimp fisherman. He didn't know how to play ping pong. But all he did was listen to people who were better with, than him at that. And that's all he did. That He just did it. That's it. And the following weekend when I came out of therapy, what did I do? I went to see Forrest Gump again. <laughs> it was the best story. It was the best story and, for you. Yeah, so, and, and for me, it was about just doing things simple. They're not going to be easy. We don't need to overcomplicate things in life. And just being honest and, and almost innocent about things. Just be honest and, 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 and integrity will, will push you along. And then I did go through a lot of challenges. And then a couple of years later, I went through a, a major depression. Um, I was sent back into therapy. Um, and that was the best thing that happened to me in my life. So, um, you know, be, be, being sober for me um, represents a lot. Uh, it, it represents life stability. It allows me to, to be a good parent to my kids. It allows me to understand when they go through that period where they're smoking too much weed or they're out the bar a bit more. It allows me not to freak out, but it allows me also to make, to make them understand that I will step in, you know, once your experiences become a bad habit. And then they know I do and that's fine. Um, so it did help me in my role as a dad as well, uh, trying to be a role model and, and not trying to be perfect, um, but just trying to be the best role model I can. And I know there are people out there, you and I know, that there are people out there that are right now struggling, thinking that they can't stop. One of my beliefs was that I can't stop. That was one. My other belief was I'm smarter when I drink. <laughs> and, <laughs> right? Those, those, were, those were two of the beliefs I had. But one of them was I can't stop. Uh, it's impossible for me to stop. What, what would you say to someone who's struggling right now and and, you know, want to stop this madness, but really doesn't know where to go, how to start. Um, so we, we, we touched on this when we did the French version of this interview. And I'm going to go to the same place. So the first thing I would ask is, would you like if tomorrow morning you could wake up and, and put an end to all of this? Just simply put an end to all of this. And nobody's going to say no, you know. Once you realize that you do have an issue, um, everybody says, yeah, I want this to end. Now the how, well, that, that can get a bit more complicated and there are professional services out there, you know, and the how will come when you do want to put an end to all of this. That, I think that's the question I, I would like to ask from the heart and an addict will feel where that question is coming from. Um, so if there's anybody listening that are struggling when I did put an end to this, I had no idea where to start. You know, sometimes you need help and you don't even know where to ask for help. Um, you, you, there, there, there's things you don't know that you don't know. So um, there are a lot of um, organizations out there. I think the best thing to do is you just pick up the phone. You say, I, I think I want help. I, I need help. I want help. I have no idea where to start. And just listen to people. Forrest Gump did. And, uh, and at the end of that movie, well, he has great memories about his Jenny and he has, uh, he has Bubba Gump and his friend Bubba 
And um, though it might almost be a fairy tale, that movie, that I think it's a true reflection of a lot of people's lives. Just if you need help, listen to what people say. Do things, make things easy. Do things simple, and and just just one step at a time. And um, it is possible to put an end to all of this. It is. And what a beautiful life after, like such a lighter, uh, such a lighter life. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, life becomes a lot more rewarding. Um, all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, your social agenda doesn't revolve around getting drunk or stoned. All of a sudden, a whole bunch of things are possible. All of a sudden, going to a museum can't make sense because there's no bar at the end of the museum, but that's not a consideration. You don't need that. All of a sudden, backpacking through Thailand, you can do because it doesn't matter if there's no bar at the end of the day or if you go three days without a bar, even if you aren't traveling with somebody who does drink because they don't drink like you. We, we, they exactly. just drink normal. They just drink like normal people. I can't drink like a normal person. I can't so, you know, All of a sudden, there's these possibilities everywhere. If you find yourself planning your weekends, your weeknight outings, your date night with your spouse, and there needs to be booze, ask yourself a question. Uh, I'm not labeling everybody as an alcoholic. That's what I'm doing. I'm not that ex-smoker trying to preach to everybody. I'm not that ex-drinker. That's not who I am at all. But if you find yourself planning all your social gatherings and activities around booze or drugs, Oh, bells should go off. Yeah. And it's very interesting you bring this thing about label. I, in the world that, that I do, we know that our words are important, right? And how programming is important. So I cannot program myself every day to say I'm an alcoholic because for me, I, it doesn't resonate. So the way for me I see it is like one day alcohol was in my life. It was an issue. It was uh, out there as a band-aid, as a as a place to go to avoid my pain, to avoid to face whatever I had to face. It was, it was the, the thing in my life. And not only did I let that go, but I did the work after. So yeah. for me, having a sober life, this is what it means. Some people will continue to call themselves an alcoholic and I'm fine with this. And the work that I do myself to be in, um, in resonance with programming, then I, I do not call myself an alcoholic. So I, I completely agree with you. Um, I, I think there's a, some of this narrative needs to change. I, I, I used to smoke. I'm not an ex-smoker. Mm -hmm. I'm just somebody who just doesn't, doesn't smoke. smoke. Same thing. Exactly. So, and I've, I've, I've never said I'm an ex-smoker. I just don't smoke. When people say, do you, do you, do you have a cigarette? Do you smoke? I don't tell them I used to smoke. Then I just, I know I don't smoke. It's some, you're right. And for, I, I address it the same way. And I think it makes things a lot lighter. Yes. There was a time in my past where I used to do drugs and drink a lot of alcohol. Today, I live a sober life. That's, that's, you know, and for me, I'm, I agree with you. The programming and the echoing that that it, that what what that echoes in your soul and, and how it vibrates in my body. I just live a sober life. For me, it, it, it's it's just it's a better vibration that I'm a recovering alcoholic. You know, I I, I use that term in, in in when we open this show. Um, I think because that's the existing narrative, but let's, let's you and I make it a mission to saying we, we, you know, yeah. I live a sober life. Yeah. Embrace a sober life. Like, 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 like yeah. for me, it's even more than living it. It's really embracing it because the colors 
are, are brighter. The yeah. the experiences are richer. The encounter, yeah. the connection with people yeah. are real because yeah. you're not connecting yeah. with the bottle between you and the person. You're connecting with the person who's there, right? Yeah. Well, your spirituality also will change however you live that, and, and you know, um, your love life will change, your sex life will change, you know. And then you thought you were smarter with booze, <laughs> and I thought I was the best in bed when I was stoned. So, but <laughs> in, 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 what, I don't think it was the case. So. But, you know, uh, that's a good one. So, but you know that, and and you're right. You know, everything's tastier. Everything, the colors are more vivid, and all the sensations are heightened. Yeah. When you're sober. You 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 said to remind you to talk about how you changed. Uh, how you changed your reaction when things were happening? You said. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what we might label as a problem, you know, and I've come to understand they're just situations because. There can't be that many problems in life. It's just, there's just situations, things happen. It's fine. I, I used to, you know, I've struggled with anxiety. Um, I manage my anxiety a lot easier today uh, because I've, I've given myself the permission to adopt a lot of techniques to do so. Uh, one of them is understanding when I should do things. So uh, for me, if I need to concentrate on stuff and team meetings, I like to do that in the morning. I'm a bit more creative in the afternoon. Um, so that would lend better for this time slot, like we're talking now. So it's a bit lighter for me, but I, I do, I go into in-depth, um, thinking more, more at the end of the day where I can be more, more creative, think out of the box. But when, when these in quotation problems or situations arrive, arise, one need that I, I needed to address was to make this go away. Let's just make this go away. You know, this situation or, 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 or problem needs to go away. And, and, and that's, that's another bad habit I had, or maybe we can call it a belief. I don't know what it is, but not all situations need to be dealt with in the moment. And it's important to put them aside if we don't have the solution now. Um, I, I've, I've, I've um, managed to, to build the ability or, or cultivate the ability to be able to say, I don't have the answers to that situation today or at this moment. And I've learned to realize that when I do that, it's probably because I don't have all the data for that equation. So if I do try to compute that equation today, well, all, all the data that I have in that equation, well, the sum might not be the right answer. It might not be the right answer. So by setting things aside, what that happens is that you'll allow yourself and you'll give yourself permission to say, well, this is upsetting. Yes. Is it scaring me? Maybe I'm scared or I'm upset. And it's, it's, it's forcing me to be mad because that's what I do when I get scared. I get pissed off and whatever. We all have our methods and that's fine. But letting that dust settle and letting time pass and coming back, you know, when you're feeling uh, a bit more serenity, and then take that situation, bring it back into a, on a white sheet of paper in front of you. And it's absolutely amazing the new data that becomes available to you that's already within you. Or maybe it's some, something external and sometimes time will fix a lot of things. And all of a sudden you're making better decisions. And what that did for me, it helped to condition me to say, you know, we're going to deal with situations today and tomorrow and after tomorrow. But I have a warehouse full of solutions and I have warehouses full of other solutions. It's just that I'm not in that warehouse right now. I will get there once I'm there 
I'll pull in that paper and I'll say, okay, what's the situation? Here how here's how I'm gonna get to port through this. This is storm. amazing, Patrick, because you know, this belief I have a warehouse of solution is one of the first beliefs we work together. And I remember you said you yes. remember the session after you said, Well, now I have a warehouse of, of solutions and I, I I don't feel the pressure anymore because I know I have the solutions out there. And this was quite, this was something, because I know we were trying to, to, to work a sequence, like you were saying, like, you know, I have ideas, I don't implement them, I don't go into action, and then because I don't see the solution or something, and this sequence totally changed. You said, wow, I have idea, I delegate, things get done, and this warehouse of solution kinds of blend into into that sequence. Yeah. And 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 you know I think I, I think I'd like to to transition into into one part of the discussion we had last time, Jenny Len, is the journey. So and 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 that whole thing that you said, you know, I don't have the answers yet. I, I don't know the whole solution yet. That's the destination. And and the destination is not all of it. It's probably 10% of what you should be enjoying in life. Because the journey along the way, that's where everything is just so beautiful. It's just the journey. And don't wait until everything's perfect to buy a house, to have kids, to start a business, to meet something new, to go to an opera, to, to try roller skating, if you whatever. Don't wait until everything is perfect. Embark today, now on that journey. And wonderful things will happen. And, and, and you will give your permission to your soul and your brain to open up just a new chapter and saying, we're writing something new in today's life and magic starts happening. So, and, and the destination, once you start enjoying the journey, I guarantee you, you will set higher goals for yourself. That destination will change. You will allow yourself to have even a bigger piece of that success. That segue into the hat of dreams, because Patrick and I, we worked on your <laughs> dreams. So people don't, people don't realize that this is something we do. We work on people's dream, having them see the possibility to their dreams. And uh, you're, you are a dreamer. Uh, you have yeah. high ambitions. And you have to tell people about that thing you saw when you were in Florida which was the beginning. Oh, that's a yeah. great story. I love this. Yeah. So, and, and it's kind of funny because we spoke last week, we did this version of this interview in French. And um, so, so in 2017, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on the docks in, at the Fort Lauderdale International Boat Show known as FLIBS. And the Fort Lauderdale International Boat Show is the Super Bowl of boat shows. It's the World Series of boat shows. It's, 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 you know, whatever it is, you can, it's the boat show. So I'm sitting there. Um, I've been, I just shut down a business where I lost hundreds and hundreds of thousand dollars because I was not, you know, on, on my ex or I was not in the right spot. I had a passion for boating. I always loved boats. And I'm looking at this, uh, the price tag on one of these boats and I'm looking, I'm thinking, how do I get into this industry? And if I had my way, I, I think I'd even like to be a spokesperson, and, and, but I had no clue how to do it. I had no and clue this is how what to year, do it. We need to tell people. 2017. What? This Five is in 2017. 
So this is five years ago. Okay. So, you know, I own a simple pontoon and, and it's fine, you know, and I've owned fishing boats in the past and uh, I, I just, I'm loving this industry. And, and all of a sudden something clicked that day, uh, which helped me just to make the first steps. And I stopped thinking with my head and I followed my intuition. So shut down that business that wasn't working. You know, I, I'm short a couple hundred thousand dollars plus, and I think, okay, I'll make this up later on. I don't know how this is going to happen, but it's going to happen. And and I, I just follow my heart instead of following my head. And that was the first thing of not overthinking. It was one of the first times in my life I didn't overthink. And I wanted to be a spokesperson for the boating industry. And, and I was, you know, I was excited as a kid coming into Disneyland. And so, you know, five years later, I... I um, I sit on the board of directors at Boating Quebec, you know, when the National Marine Manufacturers Association of Canada needs to speak to government of Canada for grants for electrical boats, they call me and, uh, uh, you know, I, I've, I've, I give whenever the, the major news outlets in Montreal, they have a question around the boating season or floods, they, it's me, they call and I give TV interviews and whatnot and I absolutely love it. And, and on that spokesperson note, Jenny Lynn, the, right after we hung up on our last interview, I get a call from the Canadian Boating Security Council, and they want to be the me to be the spokesperson for the uh, the Canadian Boating Safety Week this year. So it was kind of funny that same same day. So so in between both our interviews from the French to the English version, you know, somebody's reached out and say we'd like you to be our spokesperson for the Safety Week for for boating wow. for Canada for this year. And obviously, I said yes, and I was absolutely ecstatic and honored. But that said. I, I think the answers are within us. They are there. And those beliefs sometimes sort of suppress those, those answers. They don't let them come to the surface. That, and that creativity and that ability to see your future and design the life that you want to have, they are there. And designing the life you want to have, I, I think it's important for me to, 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 to just precise this, just make a precision on this story. Um, Having a great life has nothing to do with the stuff that we're shown on Instagram and on the other social media. That that's artificial crap. That has nothing to do with what you know. Having a, ful a fulfilling life is just about uh, waking up in the morning and, and and just being genuinely happy. And there's a difference between pleasure and happiness. So pleasure is something that you do um, when you're an addict, like I used to be. When you want to get a rush from a selfie and get a thousand likes, that's pleasure. That has nothing to do with happiness. You know, buying a, a, a million dollar home in the Bahamas, that's pleasure. It has nothing to do with happiness because you can be damn unhappy in the Exumas. It, you, you can. can that, 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 you can. You can. You can. And you can be really, really happy having a fish and chip at Love Beach in Nassau in the shittiest shack possible, but that, sh that fish and chip just will become a gourmet meal for you because uh, in that specific moment, you're just happy. I, I just love what you're saying. And I want to emphasize one thing, five years. Like if I look at me five years, it's the same. Five years, it's all about six, five, six years, I lost my job, right? Now I'm in this whole different career and I have my business going on and so many other things going on. You, five years, five years, you sat there. Like it's so... Like it's so little in, 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 and you and I were not 20 year old when those things happened, right? No. How old were you when no. you had that dream? 
2017, I had just turned 50. I freaked out. I was like, I'm 50. What the, f-? you know, sorry, I was about to swear. I was like, oh, you know, no, this is not, this is not what life should be about. And sort of freaked out. Yeah, and, so, uh, okay, we need to say that again. You're 50. You just lost a couple hundred thousand in the business that didn't turn out. That's correct. Five years later, you have a very flourishing, healthy, yes. you know, yes. business. Yes. I, you don't want to talk about figures, but I know we're not talking about the ten thousand dollars here, right? No. no. <laughs> and you well, and you well made the hundreds. You've lost, you know, you well um, recuperate. Oh, I've made those. I've made those back tenfold. That's fine. So, so we're good. And it's five years later, right? So, so, and you're living your dreams. Yeah. It's not just about money, but I mean, you're now living a dream you didn't even have six years ago. No, I didn't. You know, and and um, I, I still have old reflexes. And talking about being scared earlier, so I, I'm about to build a couple big warehouses to store boats because there's a shortage in our market of of proper warehousing for 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 our winter season, and um. So I'm looking at these numbers, right? And I'm thinking, God, this is like like a $4 million ticket. And, you know, and I'm freaking out. And uh, I had a bad relationship with money. Obviously, when you do a, the amount of cocaine I did, you know, your relationship with money is just completely skewed. You know, $1,000 doesn't mean anymore. I, you know, so, but without going into details. And and, and I still get that, oof, that anxiety rush when I see numbers like that. And then... um no idea what type of building it was going to be. And, and all of a sudden, I, I'm, I'm finding myself saying, okay, well, well, we'll just buy the land and then we'll see. And then all of a sudden, the right opportunity comes around. And th- I still get scared of a lot of things, you know. And, and I think being scared is, is, is okay. Uh, 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 it's okay to be scared. And I think we need to welcome that when it happens in the moment and just say, accept it. Okay, I'm just scared right now. That's all it is. I'm just scared. This will pass. Um, and and I, I, I'm quoting Tom Hanks, you know, he's, this little video, he says, this too shall pass, right? You know, you're scared and this shall pass, right? Uh, but that's also true when things are going well. This too shall pass, you know? Darker days might come. Absolutely. And, but those darker days, they will pass, you know? Um, and then I'm finding myself just being able to hold myself back and not have not search for those answers to alleviate the fear. Being scared is okay. Just just deal with it when it comes, accept, and you might wake up scared the next day and the day after that. If you make moves to alleviate the fear too quickly, you'll lose out on that opportunity because on the other side of being scared yeah. is the pot of gold all the time. I just, you know, 95% of our fears never materialized. They're just fears, right? They're just fears, right? right? And the worst thing that can happen is always not, most of the time never materialized as well, right? And the best, best things sometimes do, sometimes it's in the middle, right? Most of the times you will hit it in the middle. And that's fine, you know, in a day-to-day kind of things. Um, So I like how you now embrace kind of your fears and you have tools to deal with them. And you kind of made friends with them in a certain way because you're managing them, right? It's okay for me to say to, to, to people who work with me, and I don't like to use the word my employees because they're not mine. They're, they're, they're people I work with. And I'm not afraid to tell them, you know what, um, can you do this for me? Because I'm not good at this. I'm not good at this task. But you're better at this than me, and, and thank you for helping me out. And um, 
I mean, it's perfectly fine. It's okay. I mean, our ancestors did the same thing, you know? One of them was a good farmer. The other one was a good hunter. The other one was a good carpenter. The other one was good at raising pigs and lambs and whatnot. And people just put their egos aside and just said, I need your help. You know, we're putting up a new section in the barn. And people would just flock and help, asking for help, uh, allowing yourself not to be good at everything, um, accepting the fear. We'll all contribute to being yeah, a lot happier. I agree. Wow. What other hats would you like to talk about? You have the father's hat, you have a... Wow. So <laughs> that's a good question. So um, I uh, started working on a, on a TV show last year. Uh, so we, we filmed part of two pilot episodes. So that, that's one thing that I, I want to push I did not forward. know that. Oh, yeah. there you go. You're hiding things <laughs> yeah. from me. <laughs> yeah. so, so basically, you know, being in the boating industry and having done a lot of fishing, um, you know, I, I, I watch so many boating and fishing shows and videos on YouTube and whatnot. And I always thought there was something lacking in that. And um, being grateful for what I have last year and, and early pandemic and, and I think feeling the shock of the pandemic things started to get a bit real about little things in life, right? And beginning of the pandemic and just, you know, I remember everything was shut down. I remember stepping outside and you can hear every bird because there's not one car coming down the road. Every bird. And then I'm thinking, I didn't think there was that many birds, right? And just the situation just forced everybody just to slow down everything almost to a halt Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Um, and I knew that this was going to bring hard times on to certain people. So um, I, I, uh, I, I put a post out on, on, on social media asking people to submit people's names who they felt needed a hand just to get their boat oh, back. Oh, really? So, oh, I love yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. So, so. I put out this call on social media and at this point I had built a bit of a clout uh, on Facebook and I think people like the way I address things and talk about certain issues that can be sensitive in the boating industry about, you know, respect and politeness and and stop bitching that everything's costly and da da da. And I have this way of bringing my ideas to the public space where everybody says, yeah, I guess he's right. And so, so I, I put out this 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 call for for candidates, and I'm I'm completely flooded with names. I I mean the response was overwhelming, but even more important, all the equipment providers stepped up and saying I, I I'm going to help you. Really? I, I'll I'll give you my time. I'll give you equipment. I'll give you a swim plate. We'll do mechanics. We'll do jump wow. coat. We'll we'll do this. We'll, and and then. So all of a sudden I say, oh, fuck, now I got to do this. That's okay. So we sorry, can swear on my podcast. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, we can swear. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So the CRTC hasn't, uh, hasn't put his hands on the podcast yet. So probably we can swear. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so, so then I, I, I go, uh, I go see my barber and I talk to this. Uh, I say, Stana, this blah, blah, blah. and he says, oh, really? It says, well, it's just the guy who owns these barber shops." You know, they have these high-tech cameras and they do really good stuff. And I, I, I had spoken to TV producers and, and, and I think you know me a bit and all these, and all I'm hearing is, 
well, the union this and the union that, and thinking, what do you mean union? I, I don't care about your bargaining agreement. I just want to shoot a pilot. And so finally I start working with this guy, Jeremy, and this other guy, Alex. And these guys, they show up with these this equipment, these cameras that are freaking 4K and 8K. And, you know, you can shoot <laughs> Jurassic Park with these things. And I'm realizing this, this younger generation, it's intuitive for them. They, they understand the, 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 everything that's video. So we start shooting these, these episodes and uh, the pandemic sort of came back and we, we had to halt this. But we put out some trailers out there and the response was absolutely outstanding. So the plan is to finish at least one of those pilots this year and then go to networks and saying, you know, we love and, and uh, admire all the boat shows that, that are out there, but wow. none of them are like this. So, and, and I remember, and, and this is maybe me taking on your role in these shows and interviewing these families and, and people coming to tears and, and, and we all have strings of bad luck. We all do. And, um, some, just some people have it worse than others. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I'm, um, I, I'm looking forward to the public to seeing these. There were some beautiful moments wow. where kids were crying. It and, sounds uh, like the beginning of a project or something. It sounds like it yeah. <laughs> to me. Yeah, yeah it sounds wow. something like that. Yeah, it does. So, yeah. So um, I, I'm involved in a lot of things. Um, everything has to do with boning. Um, it, it's my passion and... Uh, I, I was I was fortunate enough to to cross from Nassau to the Exumas in a boat as the captain this 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 winter and uh, probably the worst conditions I've ever sailed in and uh, again I was scared you know and people on board were throwing up and panicking and whatever but on the other side of that was the Exumas so I've been there for those who've I been sailed there, the Exumas you know, too I mean yeah. It's scary sometimes. It's yeah. windy sometimes. It's bo It's rocky, so and sometimes it's very narrow. You have just a little, just a little passage, yeah. you know. But it's really worth it. It's really beautiful. Yeah, and then you're sleeping in your boat. And you know, their bull sharks are patrolling because exactly. it's high tide, and uh, and and finding comfort in an, in a place that's bigger and powerful, more powerful than you are. Uh, requires a, a bit of serenity and and uh you're yeah. forced to let go wow and it's fine this is uh, amazing patrick um i asked there's a question i asked to all my guests and it's really if you could grant yeah. a belief to somebody you really love like what is the belief you would like to grant we are better than we think but not quite what we want to be we are better not than we think we want to be. but not quite what can we you explain be. this for me we are all capable of more than what we are doing on a daily basis. And we will never be satisfied with that. And that is fine because, you know, the top of one mountain is the bottom of the other one, right? So I'm quoting other people when I'm saying this, but it's just my way of imaging this properly. So you're better than you think, you know? We're not quite what we want to be, but we're always better than we think. Always more enough than what we think. Right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, always, always, anything I've always. missed? Anything you'd like to share? So one thing I'd like to share is, you know what? A couple of years ago, I pressed the button, made a decision without thinking too much and following my instinct. 
And for those listening, this was not rehearsed. This is just me being brutally honest. You and I spent some time together in a couple of sessions. And if you want to book the best meeting with yourself that you've done in the last years of your life, do this. Yep, do this. It's fine to be emotional now. <laughs> yeah. so we we um we go deep into this type of work and we really um allow people to travel within themselves um in a very unique way. Uh the type of hypnosis I do and most of hypnosis is not about putting ideas in your brain that you don't want. It's really about yourself finding the beliefs you want to have and being having somebody to help you make them a reality. I think that sounds quite right, right, Patrick? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I completely agree. And then your reality, well, that's the story you're going to want to write. Exactly. Because you have a, a destination that you can see today with the barriers that are beliefs that you have today. But I can guarantee you, you know, you might picture Walt Disney being one thing, but once you step in there, just let your imagination go and it'll be what you want it to be. Yeah, you, you know, there's um, there's a saying that said, the map is not the territory, right? Yeah. And that's very true. <laughs> so thank you so much, uh, Patrick. People who want to make business with you, can they buy boats through you? What they can do with you? What kind of business they can do with you? Well, they can't do nothing with me because <laughs> I have a B2B business. I do not have yeah. a B2C business. But if we have B2, if we have business. But one thing I do is I take everybody's calls. So when everybody wants a brig boat or a Parker boat or a D'Antonio boat, and, uh, you know, um, I, I call everybody back. Um I just love sharing my passion. I think sharing my passion fuels me more than it fuels them. And um, if they don't buy one of the boats I represent, that's fine. That's okay. You know, uh, other uh, other businesses need to have success. And um, celebrating other people's success is something that will help you get success as well. Fantastic. Well, I wish you a fantastic summer season that's coming, right? A boat season that's coming. Uh, and uh, I know we will chat again because I always hear from Patrick sending me little notes and we send each other little notes once in a while. And it's always a pleasure to see those great pictures and to see how this business and all your projects are uh, moving along. I must say five years, it's amazing accomplishments in a very, in very little Thank time you. frame. Fantastic. So for everybody out there, as you know, until next time, it's just a belief. Right.